Welcome to the Horsewise Podcast with Lynn Reardon, where we share stories of horses and people and what they teach each other. On today's episode, I discuss how you can go from being an older rider to a late bloomer and why that's more fun. I hope you enjoy the show and have a wonderful day. Hi everyone, I'm Lynn Reardon, the host of the podcast and head coach at Horsewise. Today, I'd like to tackle a topic that is pretty hot nowadays. Um, It's actually always been pretty hot, but maybe more so lately. And that is the idea of how you deal with getting older as a rider, as an equestrian, as well as as a horse owner, if you're lucky enough to own horses. And uh, this is a topic that I find to be really interesting and particularly maybe compelling from the perspective of female riders. So I've had this experience ever since I've been teaching, uh, teaching riding lessons, even like summer camp riding lessons back in the day. And that is that many times a woman equestrian would come up to me as the teacher, you know, I'm the teacher. And the first thing that she would say to me would be her age. And it would always be apologetically. And this does not mean that it was somebody coming up, a woman coming up to me and saying, hi, I'm 57 or I'm 72 or I'm 48. It would sometimes be a woman saying, I'm 28, I'm 30, I'm 34, with the same kind of apologetic air. And after she gave me her age, which I had not asked for, nor was I particularly interested in, she would then explain how she was limited because of that particular number. This is really essentially something that I came to see as important for these women to share with me, but I also found it from my perspective, again, to be kind of irrelevant. And ultimately I found it a little bit frustrating that there would be this immediate, hi, my name is Jane, I'm 38 years old, and so I don't really think I can ever jump again. And so I'm really sorry about that. And I would be like, okay, well, it's a basic equitation lesson. We're probably not going to jump. And uh, that statement isn't accurate. You know, I mean, unless unless you don't want to jump, you certainly could jump at that age. That's not a problem. Given the right type of horse and the right type of riding instruction, why would you automatically rule that out for yourself? Again, barring something unusual. Um, Or it would be maybe something even a little bit more psychological. Hi, my name is Susan and I'm 42 and I know that because of that, I'll always be afraid. I'll never be able to ride like I did as a kid. And so I really just want to learn how to X, Y, and Z. And that might be just post the trot without being kind of embarrassed at my own performance. So again, from my perspective, it was less about the numeric age that this particular woman would be sharing with me as how it immediately would go to limiting. And it it almost would be as if every woman saw herself that was doing this, saw herself as 95 or something like, hi, I'm so sorry. I'm 95. I'm sorry. Like I've shown up to this lesson and I'm so decrepit. And oh, by the way, I'm 33. And it'd be like, all right, like that's really not super accurate, you know? And what I learned to do is not comment on it. I wouldn't dissuade that individual. I wouldn't say, oh, you know, 42 is not old or 56 isn't old. I would just kind of quietly listen 
and not address it. I wouldn't comment on the number. I wouldn't comment on the woman's appearance. I wouldn't comment on whatever she had said as sort of the apologetic thing that she couldn't do because of the age. I would just kind of nod and smile. Then I would start asking other questions that I felt were more relevant with as supportive an air as possible. And just basically try to get off that topic and off that sort of mindset of, hey, I'm essentially decrepit and useless and wasting your time because I'm whatever this age is. Again, it was so odd to me because I had not asked for this information. It was essentially always volunteered. And it wasn't every single woman, of course, but I would say it was a preponderance, if not the outright majority. Uh, Particularly when I was teaching group riding lessons. At one point early on, I was teaching full-time at a local riding stable. So I had private and group lessons. And it seemed like almost every time I had a new student or two in a semi-private or group lesson, that at least one of them would, would volunteer her age and, you know, essentially go into this rendition of, of why she sucked or whatever, you know, and I feel like, all right, it makes no sense to me. But anyway, the, my point is just that I would segue into just asking other questions and I would not comment. I would not respond to the number, nor would I respond to the decrepit statement, you know, whatever it was, unless there was some kind of a hardcore injury, you know, I'm limited in my riding because I've had neck surgery or whatever, then that's something I would address. And I've just found it really interesting that this seemed to be something that, again, women tended to bring up. Um, Obviously, if you work in the professional horse industry as an instructor or a coach, the majority of students tend to be adult women. And I've certainly taught many men and really enjoyed teaching them, but they rarely told me their age. It was almost always the women that would do this. And so I just began to kind of ponder like, what, what is behind all that? And is that at all helpful? Like, how can I, how can I translate that into something as the teacher that will help that student, will help them grow. And again, my conclusion was less about comforting or trying to dissuade them. Oh man, you know, 37's not old, not doing any of that kind of thing, just simply not commenting and moving on into what I felt was the more important thing to focus on, which was their current goals or, you know, whatever they wanted to work on in their writing specifically. And now what seems to have happened, and perhaps this was always the case, but it seems like maybe now with, there are so many really good online groups that you can join, coaching groups, video groups, all of that, that there seems to be this sort of push to market toward the older female rider. And, and it can be a little bit, maybe inadvertently non-supportive. And here's just kind of walk with me, because I know this sounds a little bit offbeat, but I think once you constantly define yourself as an older rider or a rider who is finished with certain things, that in some ways you are becoming a less safe rider. So horseback riding really, I feel like is a sport that doesn't mean it has to be at the Ironman level, right? Where you're just like, ah, I gotta, I gotta win the Olympics or whatever but that you really do need to be growing athletically, that it is a physical endeavor. So if you are going to sort of label yourself as I'm older, i.e. I am finished, I will no longer have the confidence that I did when I was younger. Um, I am never really going to move beyond this point. 
that actually is probably on some level in my experience, making you less likely to be safe. And here's why. So um, aging really starts, and I know none of us really think about it this way. Aging really technically starts about age 25. That's when our skin for sure starts to age and other parts of our systems as well. So 25 to 30 is where you really start to see some corners being turned. Now, this is sort of speaking again from the more cellular level, it's biological level, it's not the way we perceive it, right? We don't see that as, an, as aging time. People might think of aging more, oh, you know what, I'm in my 40s or 50s or whatever it is. But you technically are aging when you are in your mid-20s. And in the sense that you are, you've, you've peaked, uh, particularly if you are a woman, I would say because of childbearing and all of that. Nature doesn't care about our sort of uh, personal development goals. We're sort of biologically wired to have children. So once you get past a certain age, it's less, it's less ideal from nature's perspective, right? They're not really thinking, nature isn't really thinking about work-life balance. They're just like, how pregnant can they get? How many kids can they have before things start to deteriorate? So again, that's just sort of a cold-blooded way of looking at it. Um, but it's also true from, again, kind of a cellular biological level. You've actually been aging since you were 25. You maybe only became aware of it, you know, 15 years later or whatever, but that's just sort of factual. You've been aging for a long time, if you're lucky. If you're lucky, you've been aging for a long time. There are a lot of people who never had the opportunity to age, um, often because of accidents that happened when they were doing something maybe less than safe or just bad luck, you know, automobile accidents, disease, all of those things. So we tend to have this idea that aging is something that is, you know, kind of a, an affliction, number one, and that it automatically rules out certain kinds of safety or other endeavors. But the bottom line is that you're probably a lot more likely to die in a certain kind of accident when you're younger, because you're stupider, honestly, when you're younger. You rely a little too much, maybe on just sort of your core instincts, and you don't have the kind of wisdom, you don't have the kind of experience that gives you better guidance. And you also sometimes don't have enough seasoning as an athlete to really understand how to pace yourself properly. So that's one way to look at it is that you know, you've been aging for a long time, even if you've only been talking about it you know, since you turned 42 or whatever. And the other thing to be aware of is that there are a lot more risks associated with becoming static or trying to become static, where you say, I'm gonna freeze myself in time I am not going to do anything that is obviously wild and crazy, but I'm also not going to do anything athletic because I'm old. I, I am stiff because I am old, because I'm aging. I'm weak because I'm aging. I'm, uh, I'm two sizes larger or four sizes larger because I'm aging. I can't possibly mount from the ground because I'm aging. And those things are not necessarily true. You might be older but you also, as part of that process, you need to keep growing athletically. So if you stretch regularly, you probably will be less stiff. You can't rely on just sort of out of the box, I got up in the morning, I'm age 19, and I am automatically flexible. 
But again, the big news is you haven't really been able to rely on that since you were in your mid to late 20s. You just didn't perceive it that way because it was so small. The changes were so small. So aging, first of all, ultimately is a good thing because it means you're not dead. You didn't die young. So that's a good thing. Second of all, aging is something that you can counteract in a reasonable way by continuing to stay athletic to the extent that makes sense for you. Now, that doesn't mean you have to go by someone else's standard of what that is, but if you are kind of saying to your riding instructor or saying to your kind of fellow barn mates, hey, I can't do that because I'm old, I'm stiff, I'm weak, but you aren't doing any kind of exercise, you aren't stretching, you aren't doing strength training, you aren't doing any kind of cardiovascular exercise, I'm here to kind of give you maybe a little bit of a wake-up call and say, hey, your lack of exercise, your lack of continuing to build and progress physically in the best way that you can is probably as much of a factor in your weakness or in your stiffness as your technical age. And I say this with some experience. I didn't learn to ride till I was 26, technically. I mean, I had been on pony rides and stuff. So it's not like I grew up being like a, a trainer or whatever. And I found that over time, as I continued to ride and, and wanted to ride better, that I automatically had to do more to stay, I mean, even into my 30s, I had to do more to stay flexible and to stay strong even then. So this was kind of part of my regular routine as a growing rider. Now, I'm not trying to uh, be harsh or berate people and go, ah, the reason why you can't, you know, do perfect, you know, giant jumps on the eventing course is because you're just not putting in enough stretching time. That's not what I'm saying. But unless that's a goal of yours, you know, most, most people who, who are riders aren't doing those kind of things anyway, even the younger ones, by the way. That's not an automatic, that's a real skill you have to learn and practice even if you're in your 20s. No one just gets up in the morning when they're 15 and go, hey, I'm going to go be a top eventer. I mean, there's a lot of skill that goes into that regardless of age. But I'm saying that what you can do is put in the time and effort so that simply walking around and being older isn't automatically meaning that you're getting weaker every single day. There are things that you can do as an older athlete, quote, and I'm going to say air quotes, older athlete, that you might not have been able to do in your 20s, but you're going to have to train. You're going to have to, you know, put in that kind of consistent time and effort, which, you know, is kind of a pain, right? I mean, wouldn't we all prefer not to have to do that, like just to be able to kind of be so good or so um, athletic that we don't need to do that. But that's just the bottom line. And it's true even, again, when you're younger. These top equestrian athletes that are in their 20s, they're training for it. They might not look like they are, but they're training for it. They're riding all day, every day. They're studying with top masters. They're competing constantly. They're riding difficult horses. Boy, that whole ride or die thing, you know, <laughs> like you, you develop a good seat because otherwise you're going to get bucked off and get hurt. And you're, when you're 21, that's, that's often how you're learning, particularly if you're a professional young cult starter. So it's not that you go from being seamlessly perfect in your 20s to being decrepit when you're 36. That's just not how it works. You know, you have to sort of put the, you have to put the time in and you have to decide that it's important enough to do that. Now, you can always choose, 
you can always choose to ride very gentle horses, to ride lesson horses, to, to kind of keep your, your riding at just a pure pleasure letter, level. Like, hey, I just want to enjoy trail riding, kind of tourist riding, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that can be a really fun thing, but that is different than being an equestrian. Being an equestrian does require that ongoing commitment and the small steady things. Again, I'm not saying you have to run a marathon every day, but you have to kind of build it in. Yoga, Pilates, you know, maybe swimming, maybe strength training, maybe, you know, taking lessons with an instructor who will help you change your form, become more aware of your proprioception, getting to know your own imbalances just over time. We all get our own muscle patterns, just like the horses do. And getting more aware of that. That's something that you can do as you get older that you tend to be better at when you're older because you're more observant, you're more aware. You know, I was basically pretty close to, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, oblivious to everything when I was 16. I mean, I mean, awareness, observation, that wasn't part of my deal. I mean, I was just, you know, out there growing, going through puberty, not really focused on anything other than that. But over time, you, you come to have a lot more appreciation and a lot more understanding of the world and your place in it. And those skills, that kind of experience, that kind of, you know, development as an individual really can help you in your goals as a rider. Most people tend to think that the primary danger of an older equestrian is that they won't acknowledge that their physicality has changed and that they'll go and do reckless things and get hurt. And certainly that can happen. It's more likely to happen with individuals that have been professional riders their whole life. You know, when you started out as a teenager riding colts for the public, and now you're in your 60s and you can't quite let go of that image of yourself, of that's how you ride horses, I think that's maybe a little more likely to happen at the, in, in that scenario. But most of us weren't like that. Most of us, the, the danger comes from sort of metaphorically parking it on the porch and never, never developing what we have beyond a certain point, just saying it's over for me, and then not growing anymore. And that actually, I think, can be a way, in a sense, to endanger yourself because you have to be aware and you have to be an athlete yourself. Again, I'm not saying it has to be Ironman level, but you need to do that to be safe. You need to be aware, you need to be growing, or you're going to get into a situation where you can't respond easily, where you're not paying attention to what the horse is offering you, and where you have allowed maybe some tendencies in your body to, to get to a point where it's, you, you are super stiff, where you don't have any strength in your core, where you don't have any body awareness, and, and you're more frightened because of that. You, you kind of lock up mentally and physically because of that. So I think that's actually a greater danger for an older athlete is to say, hey, I'm done, I'm older, I'm really sorry, I can't do anything, and then expect on some level to never be pushed to never have to uh, stretch literally or metaphorically to improve your skills. You're basically saying, I'll never improve anymore. And that's a very dangerous thing, I think, to bring into the riding world. When you say, I'm going to get on this 1,000, 1,200-pound animal, but I'm never going to grow. I'm done growing. I can't get any better than this. I think that that's something that is a little bit unfair to the horse as well as to you. 
And incremental changes are the ones that always make the biggest difference. The compound effect, the law of the compound effect, is that small daily changes add up to really big ones over time. It's cumulative. And we can always do that. We can always do that. We can do that when we're 95 in the smallest, simplest ways. If you ever read, uh, read up on the Dorrance brothers, Bill Dorrance, you know, he was riding and roping in his 90s. Did he look the same way when he was 15? No, but he was still active and engaged and teaching and doing all of the things. And that's, that's what's so important and such a cool thing about the human body, the human mind, and the human spirit is that we're able to do that. And we can also bring that to our horses. You know, if you have an older horse, the worst thing you can do for that horse is never condition it and expect it to still perform at the same level. So if the, you need to maybe treat yourself like you would treat your favorite older senior horse and make sure that they're stretching and growing and getting the conditioning and being able to enjoy their life and, and have as good and happy a quality of life for as long as possible. I have a lot more to say on this subject because I'm, I'm kind of passionate about it. And part of it is that I think I was always a late bloomer in my life and, and not just with horses, but with everything. You know, I had a goal that I wanted to travel the world alone. And, um, but I didn't really think I was capable of doing that. And so I never did it. And then one day I was in my late thirties. So I was quote old. Right. And I was like, I'm doing it. I'm going to go and travel the world. And so I did it. I did that when I was like 38, 39 years old, instead of when I was 20 or 19, like most people I knew who had traveled the world alone had done. So I think I've always had this sort of weird perspective that you can do things at atypical times in your life and that makes life a lot more interesting while also staying safe. I think most people who know me know that I'm not some wild and crazy kind of uh, just reckless out there person. I'm pretty, I'm pretty conservative in a lot of ways. I'm pretty safety oriented. I'm, I'm someone who I think can be a little bit almost neurotic about certain things, particularly the safety of my students. So, but I have found that that late bloomer approach to be a really creative and fun part of my life, including how I got into horses professionally in the first place, which was not the typical story at all. I wrote a book about that called Beyond the Home Stretch. And if anybody would like to check that out, it's available kind of usual places, you know, Amazon and whatnot. That tells the story of how I went from being an office worker to a horse professional via working with ex racehorses, which are not exactly um, the tamest and easiest crew to work with, you know. Um, so anyway, kind of getting back to my original point, um, one really fun strategy, if you're feeling like I'm really old and I can't do much more with my riding, even, I don't care how old you, if you're 28 or if you're 88, here's what I would suggest you do. Let's say, especially let's say if you are somebody who didn't learn to ride until you were an adult like me. What is really fun to do is to look back at your 20s and go, okay, when I was 21, I didn't even know how to ride. So you can always say, I ride much better now than when I was 21. That's always fun. That's a great one for me. 
Let's say you were one of those people who did ride competitively or even professionally in your 20s. Uh, let's say you were a steeplechase rider. I had a friend that I knew uh, back in the day. That was what she did in college. She would she would do steeplechase races, which are crazy, by the way. Giant fixed jumps. No, thank you. But that's what she did. She thought it was fun. And she did that competitively. So let's say you were like her. You're like my friend. Well, and let's say now you're 52. And steeplechase racing, probably not something that is wise or desirable and that you're not even really interested in it anymore. But you can do something really cool, like you could learn how to rope. You could learn how to rope and work with a horse that was really gentle, a trained roping horse, and you could learn how to rope. That's pretty cool. And then you could always say, well, when I was 20, I didn't know how to rope. I know how to rope now. And whatever, substitute whatever cool thing. You know, there's a group here in Central Texas that teaches people mounted archery, and you can... You can sit on their horses, very quiet, well-trained horses, and they will teach you how to shoot a bow and arrow off that horse, which is pretty cool, right? But it also can be other things, like if you um, grew up doing competitive, let's say, I don't know, cutting horse competitions, and now, you know, you're in your 60s, well, you could learn Western dressage, or you could learn um, polo cross, or all the things, right? It's all about getting a horse that's well-trained or working within a lesson program. And then you could say, well, I play polo cross much better now than when I was in my 20s. So these are the things to kind of look at to make it fun and creative, where it isn't this whole like, oh, I'm doomed forever because I'm no longer 21. You know, it's, it's so much more interesting to live your life like this, and it's so much safer. If you want to be an equestrian as opposed to a, a tourist trail rider, which is nothing wrong with being a tourist trail rider, but it is different than being an equestrian. And if you want to be an equestrian, then you're going to need to train and grow, and you're going you're gonna to be able to then expand at the level that is appropriate for you. And that is really fun, and it is really creative, and it's a way to kind of keep that active learning where you're learning just like a kid would, new things, new adaptations, all the way up, hopefully, to the day before you die, which is hopefully very, 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 very old and much, much, much in the future from now. That's what learning like a kid is like. And I know that there can be this whole thing where people feel like, oh, kids, you know, they're just so, they're just so adaptive and they learn so easily and I can never learn like a kid. And it's like you're forgetting just how awkward and uncoordinated you were when you were a kid. At least I was. Maybe I was just spectacularly non-talented, but I was literally known when I was eight years old. I would walk across the kitchen floor and I would literally trip on my own feet, okay? It took me forever to figure out right from left. So when people say, oh, I wish I was a kid and able to learn how to ride as a kid, I look back on that and I go, oh God, no, <laughs> like I never would have survived that because I was such an awkward kid. So, so that, is, that is kind of my take on the older riding. Uh, it, there's nothing wrong with being an older rider. You can do some of your best riding. It just might be a little bit different. And you can do some of your best growth in the most creative, fun ways that are actually safer because you are growing. And that is really what getting older is all about, is enjoying yourself. One of my favorite quotes about aging came from Clint Eastwood. I was reading a magazine one time. It was actually in a barber shop. My husband was getting his, his hair cut, so I was flipping through a men's magazine waiting for him. 
and uh, they had an article about Clint Eastwood. He was in his 80s at the time, and they asked him, you know, you're a successful director, you're producing, you still act. How do you do that, you know, at your age, quote? And he said, basically, I never let the old man in. He said, I know how old I am, but I never let the old man in. I have things I'm interested in and I want to do, and I do them, and I balance it out so that I can do them. So it's okay to be aware of your age and also kind of plan for different changes or how you're going to do things, but always be growing. Always be looking forward to something. And don't be afraid to do things a little bit differently. Go ahead and be a late bloomer. What would that look like for you if you're 82 and a rider? Um, maybe it's riding horses like Queen Elizabeth. You know, she had those great little ponies. Or maybe it's learning how to shoot a bow and arrow off a gentle lesson horse in Central Texas. And if you're an older rider who would like to think of yourself more as a late bloomer, please reach out to me at horsewisecoach at iCloud.com and I'll give you my top three strategies for how to do that in a fun and safe way. Thank you for listening. And as always, I hope you have a wonderful day.